Welcome back, y'all, to episode 129 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast by providing you information as well as entertaining you. So sit back, relax, and listen and enjoy the show. We got a spicy podcast for you today. The title of it is Wuhan Leak or Wuhan Lunch. I will be getting into aspects of the Wuhan land, Wuhan lab of biology, going over some thoughts, reading over some materials, looking into it to kind of provide a better overview of what was going on there, who was working there, and the type of things they were working on. So for this one, it's going to be a spicy one. So hold on. Let's get into it and see what we can learn. Okay, the reason why I want to cover this is everything going on and happened within Wuhan back in 2019, 2020, kind of opening up where the epicenter of the COVID um, virus came over the world. I think we all know it. If you don't know what COVID is, you got to be living under a rock. But what's interesting about this lab, so I initially did some research within the first weeks of looking at it because... I was really fascinated how something like this could just be created from a wet market. I have been to wet markets before in China and they are very gross and disgusting. But for me, it was really interesting to have a theory where a bat could potentially, um, I guess, shit on a pelican, pelican and COVID could come from it was a theory. Didn't seem like it was a really strong thought process for me. So I wanted to get into this and review some information about the Wuhan lab. And I really think the best way to do this is kind of go back to 2018, whenever they were focusing on a study for the SARS-2V virus. So I'm going to go ahead and preface this with a study that was done by the serologistics Evan evidence of bat SARS related COVID infections in humans in China. Now, the reason why this is so interesting is because this was done back from November 2017 to January 2018. Um, And it's happening there with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So that lab and that university studies pandemics quite in detail, and they actually study COVID. They've been studying COVID for years. It's not anything new. There's multiple strands of it. That's why you have also two the transitional years of COVID. Now, there's always been this question back in 2007, 18, 2016, can COVID jump to humans? And I'm going to play a bit from you from, from Peter Dazowski. He is a British scientist. He studied a lot of different zoologist um, kind of pandemics and he works with Alliance Health or I'm sorry Eco Health Alliance where Fauci has been known to give them 3.3 million in funding to study COVID. I'm going to have him talk he was actually on C-SPAN back in 2016. I'm going to play it for you. Coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them 
Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you, look, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. Okay, imagine that's him going back into 2016, talking about how potentially COVID could jump and what would be the effect of it. Now, I don't not, I'm just saying, you know, that is a pretty incredible coincidence if I don't say so myself. I mean, it would almost be like if you were able to predict where lightning would hit or what would be the cause of lightning to happen. Now, what's really also interesting about the study going back to 2018 is the fact that they literally reference it within this study that potentially COVID could jump from a wet market to a human being. And that would be the place where it more likely to happen because it happened in SARS in the past. Now, if you're not familiar with wet markets within China, think about it as an exotic facility where you can potentially buy a lot of crazy different animals to eat. So you're getting a, you have to think about it like that. And they're saying it actually came from the Wuhan seafood fishery whole market. Now I actually Googled it and the reviews that people wrote are pretty crazy. So one of them says that it's where people eat cats and dogs alive. I don't think these reviews are for real. Um, you know, people kind of say a lot of stuff like obviously COVID hated reviews, very bad hygiene. You know, these are Google reviews and one put one person put, how are there only four reviews for the thing that caused COVID and 25 people liked it. So some people have Googled it. Now within these wet markets, they've been a part of Chinese history for a really long time. And they are notorious for not having the best hygiene. And the reason why they're called wet markets is because they butcher animals there. I mean, I remember when I went to one, they literally took a chicken, threw it into a machine, it chopped its head off and it took off all the feathers in minutes. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, and you know, they're not, there's, there's not like a regulatory system that's coming in and saying, hey, these wet markets need to hit these certain standards. They are completely open. There's not like an EPA or a food um, potential minister coming in and looking at it. I mean, it's wide open and people go there. And within Chinese culture, there's a lot of thoughts and theories about how it can help um, with your sex life, with your health, you know, a lot of different things like that. People would tell me if I... I can't remember all the stuff, you know, but it's also happening within a part of China where people eat a lot of different things. So that's what's happening within the wet markets. And, you know, any exotic animal you can think of, sometimes other countries would deem it illegal. You know, they even eat animals that are endangered in these wet markets. So if you're not familiar, that's a pretty good overview. Now, what's really interesting is if you look at what I played you of Peter, Peter, the zoologist is saying literally talking about the proteins that go around the cells and how if covid changed based on the research that his the people were doing in china it could influence covid okay we have a, a study back in 2017 that went and then within the study they lived around caves to understand if bats and humans could transfer any results within wuhan so they went to a different province and they studied where bats are so there's people in the Wuhan lab going to other provinces to study if this could potentially happen 
only to have it happen within a wet market no more than you know a 30 minute drive less than that to go to the wuhan viral lab now this lab was started back in 2017 2018 so well, that's really where they started to kind of pick up the studies of what was going on so that's where the leak theory came from i mean you're looking at studies you're looking at a trail of breadcrumbs that if you were to um you know do some investigation you would potentially come to that conclusion now what's really interesting is yeah it's about a 30 minute drive so you know that's what's interesting is that a lot of people think what could be happening is you know within that wet market too they don't know who agent zero is they don't have the original there's 50 potential people who had covid that never got tracked down there's multiple different levels of it and it was not all just within that market so if you can imagine you have this environment you're taking it on and you transfer it over so why is it relevant well it's information that people should know and if you're looking at it from this standpoint you also have different aspects where the state department didn't know about this lab there was funding going on with the eco health alliance to study the different ties of bats and the gentleman talking is talking at a c-span review within dc about COVID. so there's information and conversations already being happened now you know what's really interesting is how everybody thought that if you said it was this is now what makes the story even more interesting to me is the control of the narrative. I told some people this back when COVID was starting. I was like, this this to me looks like it's a potential place. And people looked at me and were like, that's a crazy idea. And I'm like, how is it crazy? You're looking, do you think a pelican in a back could create COVID? And yet right down the road, you have studies going on on how this could potentially jump to humans. It's being funded and you have somebody, I didn't know all this now, but you have somebody coming now from the Senate to look at it and talk about it with Senate hearings based on funding. So what is, you can only draw your conclusions. Now, the accountability. Now, what makes it really interesting if you did post this on any type of social media platform, you would potentially be banned, kicked off or whatever. And now we're looking at what Twitter did based on the Twitter files with um, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden's laptop and how they were able to go in through the system and regulate it and determine it and, and actually classify it and qualify it the equivalent of children's porn so nobody could share it that's they went like delta they went deathcon one on that narrative and you know this narrative now so now we have ties potentially to the u.s government with funding through and then we have potential ties happening within china we know this this institute studied sars cov they knew if it jumped to humans what it could potentially happen there's publications online you can just google it and find it what i just read off to you so those that's all information that would indicate that there's a tie now what a lot of people are saying that if it was released or man-made more than likely somebody from the lab could have taken home smoked a cigarette maybe a bat got out interacted with other bats something from there and there was a connection but I think to deem it as the same thing that would happen that are being called out from research journals that are being studied within that city, I mean, what would you call that? I mean, how would you even put that into a line where you're like, oh yeah, this is just a coincidence? I mean, that is, that's got to be one of the biggest coincidences we've ever seen. I mean, I don't even know. I try to put it into terms of what it else could be. And it would be like if someone could predict 
where the lottery winning ticket would be made and then which store it would come from. That's probably, you know, that's my best analogy at it, but I, I don't know how to put this into words. And when I read through this and I read through the articles in the university that anyone can find and what they've studied and how this lab is set up. So the lab has, a, um, you know, you look at the lab and, it, you know, it costs $44 million to make. And it was set up for the BS, BSL4 laboratory back in 2003. And it had this kind of um, stamp of approval to study SARS based upon the HVAC system, how they lined everything out, and how the facility was built. You know, they're, they're called biosafe labs because they have different levels of process within their air. That's what they deemed back in, in 2003, you know. And, you know, back, you know, and within this time period is when they started to study SARS more, saying that they could do it within the facility. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. When I lived in China, they weren't always on the up and up on different levels of, of building codes. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't know what happened but if you look at different aspects of it from where i lived in china you know I, there were certain things i didn't trust um i'll just put it like that and you look at this lab and how it was built and how you know there was research being done in it you know and it's really interesting and what's interesting too about it is if it did come from the wet market you know that's where it's really interesting that they would have been able to identify it and known that and probably why they had such a quick reaction time to shut down Wuhan and shut down China and why they implemented the zero COVID policy, which I talked about before, you know, but was really insane as I would talk to people in, in parts of China that I know and they wouldn't, I got COVID back in June and they wouldn't even know anyone who had it yet. So, you know, those aspects are really, really interesting of how they were mitigated and really how Dr. Fauci did follow and it's really one of the first times in history we kind of followed China's example for what to do. You know, we looked at them and they were doing the zero COVID policy. They were wearing masks and we immediately implemented it because we were following suit from them. So, you know, the Wuhan lab that was studying it did exactly this for the zero COVID. So, you know, it's a lot of really interesting coincidences, one might say. And if you look at it from that point, it really leads you to say, was this a was this an aspect of a leak or was it a center to get lunch? Thank you all. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening and your support.